It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, go over to betonline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He is the great Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan. On Twitter, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Insta, Facebook. Oh, I had such good press box food Saturday and Sunday. Posted both those videos on social. Check them out. You can always follow all of our shows here at RT Media at RTF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at RTF Podcast. Little different now, Joe. Uh, we switch gears. No more season long. Hopefully a lot of you won championships. Joe and I love, by the way, when you hit us up on social media and let us know about the success that you had this year, especially as it relates to this podcast. Any way we helped you, please send that to us. That's awesome. Makes us feel good. It's DFS time. Week 17 of the regular season. Playoffs all about DFS. Looking forward to diving into it. Joe, we will kick off episode one with the Browns and the Bengals. Again, we are recording this on Monday, so that might affect things a little bit, even though we're talking primarily DFS for obvious reasons. You should know, Joe, A.J. Green is on IR, so he's not going to play for the Bengals this week or the entire uh season. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to play for the Bengals ever again. Um, I wonder if they can uh, if they can convince him to come back when they have Joe Burrow. But uh, this game is utterly meaningless at this point. The Bengals have already locked up the number one pick. The Browns are eliminated from the playoffs. It's uh, it's just uh, kind of a mess out there. And the question now becomes: When you talk Week 17, Ross, what are all the motivations? Obviously, Joe Mixon. Uh, we found out before yesterday's game that he had uh, a stomach virus. And we didn't know how much he was going to play. Turns out he actually played enough to get 23 touches. Uh, He just didn't do a whole lot with those 23 touches in that game against Miami. But you would think he's going to be healthy heading into week 17, which I like because against the, uh, the Browns last time out, he went for 186 yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb had a big game running for over 100 yards. Uh, against the Bengals the last time out, which was just a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Um, And uh, unfortunately for that game, Baker Mayfield was atrocious. Odell Beckham did absolutely nothing. If I'm playing DFS in this game, I'm probably going to focus on the running backs, and I might focus on Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. Otherwise, I'm just not exactly sure where to go. The Bengals Bengals should be uh, an exploitable secondary. We just saw Ryan Fitzpatrick throw for over 400 yards, but the Browns have been horrifically bad uh, exploiting things at this point anyway. And then when it comes to the Browns, do they shut down Odell Beckham, who apparently is dealing with the sports hernia? If they don't, I can see some of the the advantages in playing him for DFS – 
Otherwise, I think this is going to be me focusing in on the run games in this game. Um, shouldn't be a line. It's not. It's a two and a half point line. The Browns are favored. Mediocre total of forty five and a half points. Um, not exactly a game that I think excites me, but I can see going after the running backs, especially Joe Mixon for DFS. Dolphins and the Patriots. Patriots want to clinch that number two seed. And the Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is here to try to ruin everything for every team he plays against. Ryan Fitzpatrick is amazing. And he's he's just he's somebody who, if you played in week 16, he might have won you a fantasy championship. 419 yards and four touchdowns. And the one thing I could say about Ryan Fitzpatrick in this game, the Patriots are 16-point favorites at home. That's high, in my opinion, for a team that that uh, can't score, but Miami can't really stop anybody either. So 16 point favorites for the Patriots in a must win spot uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. That means he's going to be playing from behind. That means I love Ryan Fitzpatrick and I love Devonte Parker in DFS, even though Devonte Parker is certainly going to see the shadow coverage of Stefan Gilmore. So maybe that downgrades him, but I also think he's going to get volume and that should put Mike Gesicki on the radar. We saw, um, we saw that the, the Patriots had trouble covering uh, Cole Beasley out of the slot well maybe Mike Kosicki is kind of the is kind of the the recipient of those targets for the Dolphins Albert Wilson maybe as well if you want to dabble for DFS with Albert Wilson but we saw last week for the Patriots Josh Allen missed Dawson Knox for a potential two touchdowns so there's something to watch as well um uh for for uh Mike Kosicki so I think with the with the Dolphins 16 point underdogs they're going to be throwing in this game no interest in Miami's backfield at all by the way uh for New England they're 16 point favorites but Sony Michelle has been a nightmare an utter nightmare for fantasy uh, he even had a good game against Buffalo on Saturday night and he still only put up 11.1 fantasy points in a PPR. Uh, you would think this is a Sony Michelle game based on the projected game flow, but he's very low upside. He's somebody who needs to get into the end zone. He's really more of a GPP type of guy. Uh, the one thing that was interesting to me, Rex Burkhead comes out and he ends up leading the Patriots in receiving in week 16 against Buffalo. I would not be shocked if that continues going forward as the Patriots are trying to find something that works for them offensively. Um, obviously, uh, Jacoby Myers was in the game in and out because the Patriots were banged up at the skill positions. I mean, they are in really rough shape offensively. I don't really like the Patriots for fantasy. Uh, and the, the one thing that I'm concerned about, James White, only four catches, just three targets. You wonder if Rex Burkhead has superseded him a little bit. This is a messy Patriots team right now. And I, I want to focus on Julian Edelman's status. I want to keep an eye on Edelman because Edelman is the one guy in week 17 who you probably are starting no matter what. But this is a messy Patriot team right now, even as a 16-point favorite. thing I would mention here is I, I thought it was really smart how often the Patriots had Rex Burkhead and James White in the game at the same time on Saturday, Joe. That was Clearly notable to new. me. And a lot? Yeah, it was that. new. Yeah. And a lot of times they'd have both those guys move up into a wing formation. So you go in there, you got two backs – you don't know how the defense is going to treat it personnel-wise. Do they treat it like it's 21 personnel? Then you move them both up to wingbacks. They're basically slot receivers on either side who can chip out on their way out. That jumped out to me, and I think something they'll do a lot more, and they should with their lack of weapons. They should have Burkhead and White at, you know, flanking them as 
you know, basically slot weapons. Uh, they did run the ball pretty effectively, Michelle. But then also on the other side with Kisicki, Dawson Knox was open several times in that game. He had one him. big one, but he was open several times. So just some observations from doing their game Saturday. The Bears are at the Vikings. We won't know as we record this what the Vikings will have to play for. And, of course, we're recording this before the Vikings even play their Week 16 game tonight against the Packers. It's supposed to, however, be all Mike Boone tonight for the Vikings. Yeah, we'll see exactly how Mike Boone looks, and we'll see, again, what Minnesota has to play for. If Minnesota loses... Um, uh, if Minnesota loses to the Packers, uh, they're probably going to be, well, they're going to be locked into either the fifth or the sixth seed. And then you wonder how much they really care about what to play for. Do they want to maybe, uh, go to Philadelphia against a weak Philadelphia team or Dallas who can still win the NFC East as well. And then does that make the fifth seed all that more important? So we, we we'll have to figure out their motivations after the fact. So it's kind of hard to break the Vikings down also because we saw the Adam Schefter report that the Vikings uh, were leaning to maybe activating um, uh, Alexander Madison, if the Rams had won and could still get one of the wild card spots, it looks like he's not going to be active because of that. So we have all kinds of things up in the air for Minnesota in this game. Uh, the one thing I will say is the Chicago Bears just put up an abysmal performance on, on Sunday night football. Ross, I lost a fantasy championship because Mitchell Trubisky was atrocious. And, and uh, look, uh, he missed out. I could kind of tell from your tweets, by the way, bro. I could kind of oh, tell dude, I was that, that Trubisky was your, was your guy. Uh, I mean, it wasn't in Trubisky. It was, unfortunately, I had Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller, who were really good for fantasy, despite Trubisky, who, I mean, to be fair to Trubisky, he had been playing better football, but he was awful last night. And I, 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 you, I could just tell in the first quarter of that game, when when the Bears just couldn't get a pass completed, they couldn't get the Chiefs off the field, that it was not going to go well for me. Uh, the Bears have utterly nothing to play for. I mean, I guess the one thing they have to play for, Mitchell Trubisky might have his job to play for. Matt Nagy might have his job to coach for. I definitely put the blame more on, uh, more on Trubisky and Ryan Pace at this point than I do Matt Nagy, even if I think it's fair to criticize Nagy. But um, I, I think for the Bears here, I do like Allen Robinson and I do like Anthony Miller. But once again, it's hard to really know uh, exactly what Minnesota has to play for. So that's something that we're going to have to look at a little bit down the line. Uh, as I'm sitting here right now, I don't even think this game does not have a lineup because uh, we have to wait for Minnesota to play this week. So there's no line on this game right now. Um, and, and if Minnesota loses to Green Bay, they have a lot less to play for than they do if they win. Chargers and Chiefs, another 1 o'clock Eastern game. I got to tell you, you know, it's not really a fantasy thing, but Chiefs are looking pretty darn good to me, both sides of the ball. Yeah, their defense is playing a lot better, and they told you exactly what they thought about LaShawn McCoy. Not not in week 16 when they deactivated him. They told you what they thought of LaShawn McCoy in weeks 14 and 15 when they pulled Spencer Ware off of his couch and he outsnapped LaShawn McCoy in each of those two games. So LaShawn McCoy is deactivated, but that leads me to a point here where 
I have to point out that Damian Williams is a really important player for them. And he puts up, uh, I think, 92 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. You have to remember that one of the things that maybe their, their offense isn't as explosive or isn't as efficient. First and foremost, that's just typical regression. They were so stupidly efficient last year that we knew it wasn't going to happen again. But also, they have not had that consistent element, that receiving threat out of the backfield who can also run the ball. And they got that with Damian Williams last night. So I would anticipate Damian Williams going forward to be a very big part of the Chiefs offense as long as he stays healthy into the playoffs. The Chiefs can move up to the number two seed if they beat the Chargers and the Patriots lose to the Dolphins. Um, Probably not going to happen. (laughs) Let's put it that way. The Dolphins are 16-point favorites. Andy Reid has been very, very liberal about resting his starters. However, the Chiefs do have both upward and downward mobility in the standings. They can move up to number two. They can actually move down to the four seed if they lose to if they lose to the Chargers and the Texans beat the Titans. So I, as of right now, I would think the Chiefs are going to play their starters, and that means I like Tyreek Hill. I obviously like Travis Kelsey. I like Damian Williams, and I like uh, Patrick Mahomes. They are seven and a half point favorites at home against the Chargers. That suggests Vegas does not believe they're going to rest their starters, but this is still something for the Chiefs. I think you have to monitor throughout the week. What about the Chargers on the other side? That was pretty disappointing against the Raiders. Is this the swan song for Philip Rivers? Uh, I, I'm not sure about the NFL, um, but is it the swan song for him in a Chargers uniform? And who's going to want him? Where is he going to want to go? Uh, apparently, uh, there are comments that he says he he has all intentions to play in 2020. I love Philip Rivers, so I, I would love to see him continue to play. But that was really not a great game. Melvin Gordon had a Bettis, uh, Jerome Bettis stat line, nine carries for 15 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Austin Eckler with his first disappointing game in a while, just five for 58 in all the chargers put up just 284 yards from scrimmage, Mike Williams, three for 51. And the chiefs have been a nightmare for opposing wide receivers late of late. Uh, statistically, you know, I was thinking maybe it's just the opponents, but they did it again to the bears last week. I really don't like a whole lot on this chargers team. I would say my favorite plays for DFS in this game are Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Even Hunter Henry's kind of fallen by the wayside, just five for 45, although the seven targets he saw against the Raiders in week 16 were his first, uh, were his highest in a long time. The Jets are at the Bills. Um, I'll say this about the Bills. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd run it a little bit better against New England. I like Singletary, but he was having a battle for every yard. Nothing was easy against New England. And then Josh Allen fascinates me. Uh, he's huge. He's got a crazy arm. He runs very well. He made some amazing throws. He also misses some easy throws on third down, which are killer. And he takes sacks that absolutely destroy his team's chance to get uh, first down on that drive. He he really – I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to make – you know, he might just be somebody that can't make those throws – But if that's the case, he can't also take those sacks that he does, Joe. Yeah, he's cleaned up the turnovers pretty well. I'll give him that. Um, but the sacks are the next thing to come. And, I, you know, I think a, a lot of studies recently have shown that sacks 
in many ways are just as bad as turnovers. You know, uh, oftentimes you see a, a holding penalty that cripples a drive. Well, a sack is very similar. Sack a sack's even worse than a holding penalty because you lose a down as well. So Allen, you know, right? If he's going to miss throws, and and look, he's never going to be Drew Brees. We understand that. Very few quarterbacks are. You know, you see Deshaun Watson's going to miss throws here and there. Carson Wentz misses throws here and there. But it's. It's one of those things where he's got to clean up the sacks. He's got, and he's cleaned up the turnovers. I'll give him credit. I enjoy watching him just because he's so competitive, um, and he can really throw the ball. But uh, obviously, there are things that drive you nuts. Now we're bearing the lead for this game. The Bills are locked into the fifth seed. They have nothing to play for. The betting lines in Vegas reflect that. They are only a one-point favorite at home against the Jets. I would guess this would be up closer to a six-point line if the Bills had things to play for. Um, they do not. Uh, so we have to keep an eye on that. But it would not be shocking to see them rest Allen, see them rest Frank Gore, John Brown. John Brown, Cole Beasley. I mean, these two guys have been a really good wide receiving pair. I would not be shocked to see them rest these guys if the Bills might indeed go out there and, and play their backups which opens up an entire other option for DFS if you just want min priced guys who are going to uh who are going to potentially get some targets maybe the bills you know you can't rest everybody so maybe they have somebody like an Isaiah McKenzie or a Robert Foster who was important at the end of last year who comes on and he's going to get a lot of snaps here with the backups but the risk playing those guys of course is they're playing with a preseason squad so the bills with nothing to play for is very interesting remember Matt Barkley is their backup quarterback back not not necessarily what you would call a high quality backup but I figure we could see a lot of Matt Barkley and a lot of TJ Yeldon in this game remember him he's on this roster I think you could see a lot of Barkley and Yeldon and if, if that's your if that's your spice for DFS go for it the Bills have nothing to play for in this game what about the Jets on the other side I would give their offense a lot better chance of success if, if the Bills are resting starters because you would especially think one of the key guys that the Jets, that, that the Jets would rest would be Tredavious White, their, their, uh, their top corner. And that would open things up for somebody who's really come alive here in recent weeks, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson scored a touchdown here uh, in, week, in week number 16. Um, very hard for me to look back at what happened between these two teams in week one and say that it's in any way relevant, especially since the Bills might not play their starters but keep in mind in that game that uh, Le'Veon Bell had six catches and Jamison Crowder had 14 catches in that game so maybe those are two guys you look at especially if the Bills rest their starters but I'm not anticipating the Bills uh, exactly trying their hardest to win this football game they can't move up or down in the AFC standings Packers and the Lions again Packers play tonight we're not sure there's a whole lot of permutations about NFC seeding so we're not exactly sure how they look tonight and or what they might be playing for next week. Yeah, so the Packers right now, if they win tonight, uh, they're going to be in a position to play for. I, I wonder if they can even ascend to the number one seed in the NFC. I do know, at the very least, if they win tonight, they can go get uh, one of the or one of the top uh, two seeds uh, in the uh, in the NFC. It looks like they have a very low chance of getting the number one seed. Um, but uh, they do still have an outside shot at doing so. So the Packers should have something to play for in Week 17. If they lose tonight to the Minnesota Vikings, they still will have something to play for if they beat the Detroit Lions. They can clinch the division just by beating the Lions. So there should be some motivation for the Packers in Week 17. Uh, uh, so 
we're gonna look at uh we're gonna look at Aaron Rodgers as somebody who's probably gonna be out there. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, all three of those guys who are really their only three fantasy viable players at this point, all three of those guys should be very popular for DFS next week, especially if the Lions decide uh they're gonna sit Darius Slay, somebody who's been in, in and off the injury report here in recent weeks. Then let's get to the other side with the Detroit Lions. Play Kenny Galladay, and I'm not interested in anybody else, to be completely honest with you. Maybe Danny Amendola on the cheap, but David Blau was 12 of 24 for 117 yards and a touchdown. Carryon Johnson came back, but he split the backfield with Bo Scarborough and Ty Johnson. I think this is just a thing with, with Carryon Johnson. Hey, you didn't finish your rookie season. Let's get you out there and show that you're healthy. You know, get you on a positive note heading into the offseason program. I have no interest in that Lions backfield. Kenny Galladay and maybe Danny Amendola are the only two guys I'm interested in in their passing game. Then you've got the Saints at the Panthers. Wow. Saints are really, really impressive, man. I mean, I, they did not look good early in that game yesterday. It was like, oh, no. And then five consecutive touchdowns well you look at the saints and you see um the fact that drew Brees on the road has traditionally been worse this year and it looked like that was the that was the thing uh road breeze has been a thing and uh that was the case in the first half of that game against tennessee but then they really lit it up and what more can you say about michael thomas he already has the nfl record the question is how high is he going to go i'm going to win an important fantasy championship thanks to michael thomas i came close in one that i didn't have a business coming close to uh because of michael thomas he has now caught 10 or more passes in four of his last five games and in six of his last eight can he make it seven of nine in this game against Carolina? I would think that's possible. The Saints are heavy favorites in this game. And if you have Alvin Kamara and you've been riding him to this point, if you play in week 17, you know that the Carolina Panthers have been hemorrhaging touchdowns to opposing running backs. I would think Alvin Kamara's got a great shot to get in the box yet again. He did it twice in week 16. His first two touchdowns since week three when he also scored touchdowns. I think Kamara is a great DFS play. Remember, the Saints do have stuff to play for because they have a shot at getting the number one overall seed in the NFC. And you know damn well that if we're talking about Drew Brees and this offense on the road not putting up numbers the way it does at home, you know the Saints know about it. They want home field advantage. They want the road to the Super Bowl to go through the Superdome. Panthers on the other side. That was not... A great debut for Will Greer. He did get Christian McCaffrey his record again. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, 15 for 119, receiving a phenomenal uh, season for him, just a phenomenal uh, player, a phenomenal fantasy year. You can't say enough about Christian McCaffrey, uh, who now I uh, – oh. Here is the thing that I'm definitely looking out for, and this is why Christian McCaffrey is going to be on so many DFS teams. Rossi needs 67 receiving yards to have the first 1,000,000 seasons since Marshall Falk. He's going to get it. Yes, and he I mean, is. I think Will Greer's entire directive will be check the ball down to Christian as much as humanly possible. The Panthers have nothing else to play for. DJ Moore is almost certainly not going to play because he has a concussion. The receivers were utterly useless outside of McCaffrey. McCaffrey caught 15 of Will Greer's 27 completions in that game. Uh, he threw for 224 and three interceptions. He is going to check it down prodigiously to Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is going to earn his high price on, uh, on, on DFS slates. And I think 
the Panthers, uh, I think the Saints are going to let them. They'll be like, all right, check it down for six yards. We'll be fine with that. We're going to run all over your team. Christian McCaffrey is going to get to 1,000, 1,000. I would love to see what his receiving yards prop is when that comes out because I would be very, very interested in taking the over. I think the, I think the markets are going to set it super high because they know what's coming as well. Finally, Joe, the last game here in episode one, our shortest episode one of the year for scheduling reasons, Falcons at the Bucks. Falcons are definitely going to play their guys and definitely try to win because I feel, feel like they're trying to save, you know, Dan Quinn's job. I think Dan Quinn, I think they've kind of rallied around Dan Quinn a little bit. And, you know, the question then becomes, if we're talking coaches, what, what's the advantage of being one of like eight teams searching for a coach? Some some teams will just like to preserve the status quo. I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that the Falcons have six wins at this point. Uh, so I would think against Tampa Bay. I know Devontae Freeman came out and had a big game last week, but Tampa Bay's run defense has been really good, and it continued to be really good against Houston. So Tampa Bay's run defense continued to be really good against Houston. Carlos Hyde, 17 for 27 and a touchdown. He got in the end zone, but that was just about it uh, uh, for them. So I don't think it's a great matchup for Devontae Freeman. The one thing I will say, Julio Jones, oh my lord, is this guy going to get peppered with targets? Yes, he will. He is somebody who's going to earn his high DFS price tag. He has 35 targets in his last two games without Calvin Ridley, catching 23 of them for three for 300 yards and two touchdowns over the last two games. Yeah, uh, Julio Jones is going to get peppered with targets. Um, and uh, for the, for Atlanta Falcons, it's Julio, it's Austin Hooper. I think you can take a shot on Matt Ryan. I'm not really feeling Devontae Freeman this week. What about the Bucks on the other side? How can we somehow do something with Jameis? Well, Jameis... Uh, I think the fu- the fun thing about Jameis is that good Jameis and bad Jameis for much of this year has shown up at the same exact time. Well, unfortunately, it was bad Jameis against Houston. Uh, he missed Perriman a couple of times. He missed Justin Watson, who we talked about on the podcast last week, a couple of times. Um, overthrew O.J. Howard for a potential long gain. Uh, it was just bad Jameis, and you wonder if all the, the receivers getting hurt has really just come down to hurt him at this point. That being said, I think you still have to roll with Jameis, Brashad Perriman, Justin Watson, all viable for DFS. I don't love this backfield, but I think you could take a shot on Ronald Jones. I'm just not terribly fond of the backfield at all. Uh, and Vegas does expect there to be scoring in this game. 49 and a half points is the total of the games that are currently lined. That is the highest of the week. So they do expect points to be scored. I would keep rolling with Jameis and the Bucks Again, Justin Watson, Brashad Perriman, very viable for DFS. Awesome, Joe. A little shorter episode one than normal because there's a bunch of late games because that's the way the NFL likes it in week 17. How she likes it? Yeah, not all bushy. I'm just telling you, she doesn't. And you shouldn't like it that way either. You should go to manscaped.com and use the code FEAST so you get 20% off and free shipping. What am I talking about? I'm talking about manscaping. I'm talking about men's grooming. I'm talking about not getting any nicks or cuts when you use amateur tools for the job like I used to until I found out about Manscaped, which offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They've redesigned the electric trimmer. Totally different. Lawnmower 2.0. 
has proprietary skin-safe technology so you won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code FEAST and check out Today's Ross Tucker football podcast, breaking down everything you need to know about yesterday's games, as well as the press box food. I gave out an A+. Very rare. It's like seeing a unicorn. Check it out. Ross Tucker football podcast. We also get you ready for the college football playoff games on Saturday with little college draft podcast, which you can check out as well. In addition, of course, to episode two of the Fantasy Feast Eaten podcast, which will be in your podcast apps shortly after midnight. Other than that, I'm stuffed. I left some room for episode two dessert. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.